This is Dr. John Walton in his teaching on the book of Job. This is session number 11, Seen in Heaven, part 2. So now we move to the second scene in heaven. Job has lost all of his possessions, his uh, sheep and cattle, his camels, his oxen, his sons and daughters, his everything that he has, he has lost. And so again, we have a conversation between Yahweh and the challenger. And there, in verse, um, in verse uh, 5, no, I'm sorry, verse 3, Then the Lord said to the challenger, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright. The same kinds of things he said the first time. And he still maintains his integrity. Though you have incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Okay, now I want to look at that phrase a little bit. Um, the, uh, we want to look at the use of this verb to incite. In Hebrew, it's the root sut, and for those of you who have a little Hebrew, it's the hyphial form, which is sometimes causative, um, but um, here, sometimes it occurs with an indirect object and sometimes without. Here, the subject is the challenger, the verb, of course, incite, the direct object is Yahweh, you have incited me. And the indirect object is Job, against him, to ruin him. Okay, so we have three parties involved in the sentence, the challenger and Yahweh and Job. There are three other places in the Old Testament that use the verb in that kind of context. One of them is in 1 Samuel 26.19. There the subject is Yahweh, the object is Saul, that is uh, David is talking to Saul and says, if Yahweh has incited you against me. So David is the indirect object. In 2 Samuel 24, 1, it's Yahweh or his anger incites David to take a census. Okay, he's inciting David against Israel. So there, Yahweh is a subject, David is the direct object, Israel is the indirect object. In Jeremiah 43, 3, Baruch is the subject who incites Jeremiah, the direct object, against Israel, uh, which is, uh, I'm sorry, Jeremiah is the direct object, Israel is the indirect object. So we have three, three other places besides Job 2.3 uh, that use this verb and that have this set up that have a subject and a direct object and an indirect object. Now, if we examine those, we can learn something about usage here and how it works. The incited action is always negative for the indirect object. Okay, the incited action is always negative for the indirect object, though it's not intrinsically a sinful or evil action. After all, sometimes Yahweh is the one who's inciting. Okay, so it's not intrinsically sinful or evil. In Job, as a direct object, Yahweh is accountable for the action against Job, though the challenger, as the subject, has influenced 
his decision. Job, as indirect object, has no knowledge um, of the challenger's role as the subject. He only understands Yahweh's role. He's the direct object. The challenger incited Yahweh against David. I'm sorry, Job. So, used in one nine, when the challenger raised the question about whether Job served God for no reason. That's this word, hinam, for no reason. So, he's incited him with no reason. Okay, so that's used in 2.3. It was also used in one nine about whether Job served God for no reason. So, does Job serve God for no reason? Now, Job, uh, the challenger has incited Yahweh against Job for no reason. Same Hebrew word, hinam. This can refer to something done in vain, for instance in Ezekiel 6.10, or something done unnecessarily, as in 1 Samuel 25.31, or even something done without compensation, uh, Jeremiah 29.15. And of course, that's the meaning in Job 1.9, that it's done without compensation. In most cases, it refers to something done without cause, that is, undeserved treatment. And here would be passages like 1 Samuel 19.5 or 1 Kings 2.31. So we've got the scene set for us where this statement has been made by Yahweh. You have incited me against him for no reason. Now, There we find out that God is not pushing responsibility or blame off on the challenger. The challenger is incited, but that's not an intrinsically evil thing to do. Okay, but that's what's happened. And again, Job will know nothing of the challenger's role. Nothing whatsoever. It's never told to him. So what's the results of this second round? In this second round, um, we have a little bit of a difference. The first round took away all the positive things, prosperity. The second round adds negative. Here we get the physical suffering. So the idea, and this is, and this is presented by the challenger, the idea is, well, anybody can stand when they lose all their stuff. But when you start putting them in pain, Now it's going to show. And so God gives permission for that as well. So this second round is different because it adds that physical suffering. The first round brought mental anguish associated with loss and grief. The second brought physical problems associated with pain. The skin disease that Job exhibits, manifests, would have led to him being expelled from the city and ostracized. We really can't give a medical diagnosis of it, but skin disease was treated that way in the ancient world. That's cause for being ostracized. And so he's expelled from the city, and he ends up at what the text refers to as the ash heap. This is like the city dump. Okay? It's, and it's not only garbage that was dumped there, It's dung that is dumped there. And Job ends up sitting out at the city dump. And it shows how low he's gone. 
He's been reduced this far. So it's not just ashes. That doesn't make it, that's not near bad enough uh, to describe the situation he's in. So what's the rhetorical strategy of this second scene in heaven? It assures that Job has every opportunity to abandon God if his only motive for faithfulness is to gain benefits. Again, now he has not only suffered loss, he is suffering pain. It makes sure he has every chance to abandon God, to find out what his motives really are. Tolerating pain is different from tolerating loss. So this has escalated, and Job's situation has become worse yet. And so it's in that context that uh, he encounters his wife and his three friends. Um, and we're going to deal with uh, the role that they each have and his responses to them in the next segment. This is Dr. John Walton in his teaching on the book of Job. This is session number 11, Seen in Heaven, Part 2.